Welcome to Noah Kagan Presents. What up, party people? It's your boy, Croissant, a.k.a. Rabbi Can't Lose, a.k.a. Noah Kagan. I'm coming to you live from vacation in Greece, and in today's episode, I'm going to talk about something a little bit different. Think about this. 0.4% of companies get to $10 million. Only 2,500 companies ever make it above $500 million in revenue. What the hell are these companies doing differently? There's so much information out there about starting a business. YouTube shows, courses, sex tape, podcasts, whatever. But what the hell do you do after you get your business going? So in today's episode, I'm going to share three key insights from working at AppSumo.com, our Groupon for Geeks business, and Sumo.com, our free tools to grow your email list. Yes, we're an eight-figure company. And things that I've learned from those businesses that you can apply for free and immediately to growing your own business. The three key things I've learned to help grow AppSumo and Sumo.com are number one, we're going to talk about proactive dashboards. Number two, the one meeting that you're probably not doing. And number three, how to hire consistently and something actually even more important than hiring. Are you ready? If you're ready, I want you to send me a selfie of you listening to this podcast. Just send it to me on Twitter at Noah Kagan. All right, let's jump right in. Part one, proactive dashboards. So a few months ago, I was talking with David Hauser. I don't know if you know him, but he's from grasshopper.com. He sold his company for nine figures, and unfortunately, he's not single. So <laughs> David was sharing a story about how he was able to grow his company so quickly. And he said, Noah, most companies are looking at their metrics in the rearview mirror. And I was like, dude, don't talk business speak. I don't want to hear about synergies or shit like this. And he said, no, no, no. Think about it. Everyone talks about the page views. Everyone talks about the revenue. But what about the metrics you can control? I was like, all right, keep going. And he said, it's called a proactive dashboard. And so I've actually been applying this with the podcast and it's been a game changer for helping us grow it and work on it. And it's something we're all now applying with content on the Sumo team. So what the heck is a proactive dashboard? It is things that people can control on a weekly basis. So you can't really control your revenue, but you can control the number of emails that you send. You can't control the number of links that you get to an article, but you can control the number of articles you write. So a proactive dashboard is each person on your team has a metric each week that they can control. So here's an example from just this podcast. So I want to get on other shows because I know that helps me grow the show. So my goal each week is to get on two other shows. And each week, I either get a red or green. We have a bunch of other people that help with this show. We have Ash, David, Brandon, and Dean. And they each have their own different tasks. So here's a few other ones for examples for you. David has a task to do email optimization each week. Just two tests. I don't care what he does. And he just chooses things that he's interested in. And he just says, did I do two or not two? Brandon has to do three videos to YouTube. Dean has to do a certain amount of Facebook ad spend. And the point is, it's not about just having a bunch of different things to do. It's saying, all right, well, let's do these things and see how they help towards our main company goal. So that is something that's been really significant for me. And I'm really encouraging everyone to think about in your business, how can you stop looking in the rear view and start creating your own proactive dashboard? And we just have it in a Google spreadsheet. And each week, we just mark out the colors. And one thing that's been good with the proactive dashboard is just cancel things. So Dean was doing some Pinterest stuff and it just wasn't working. So it's like, dead. And Cora was working for us. So me and him are doing even more Cora each week. And it's nice because we know that we can control it and we don't have to rely on anybody else. So that was part one. You go set up a proactive dashboard. Number two, the one meeting that you're likely not doing, and this title of it is horrible. It's a board meeting. It's two things that sound really bad, boring and meet. So... <laughs> Let me tell you the story from this one. 
You want to get someone like Andrew Chen, he's our advisor, one of my close friends, and we do a monthly board meeting to check on the company and hold us accountable. And so two times our business has 10x from just having a board meeting. The specific instances were one, Andrew kept yelling at us with sumo.com to say, make it a subscription product, make it a service that people are excited to keep paying each month instead of doing a one-off thing because it makes your business really hard to grow. We're like, no, Andrew, we hate you. But he kept bugging it. And the fact that we had these monthly accountable meetings to someone who challenges us, eventually we did it. And that really changed the trajectory of the business. The second time he did it as well is with AppSumo. We were growing our email list and we chose our singular goal for the year. And at the board meeting, Andrew said, hey, your goal is pretty light. Why don't you guys try to 10x next year? So from 50,000 subscribers to 500,000 subscribers with AppSumo.com. I was like, bruh, no way. Come on, bro. And Andrew's like, do it. So we picked that goal. And every month we checked in on our goal. And at the end of the year, we ended up with 550,000 email subscribers on the mailing list for AppSumo. So what the hell do we do in these board meetings? And who should you have at your board? Let me just talk about those two specific things. So here's exactly what we do. We do four things in our board meeting. First thing we do is we say, how are we doing against our goal? That's the most important thing. How are you doing against it? Number two, what did you say you were going to do in the last board meeting? And how did you do against it? So, hey, I said I would do all this stuff. Here's what I did do. Here's what I did not do. Number three, what am I doing for the next month? And you could do it monthly or quarterly. I like it monthly, but whatever suits your boat. Number three, what are you doing for the next period? And number four, which I actually find the most important. So one through three, you can just kind of skim and read and it's good to put that all together. But number four is what are the biggest challenges in your business? And this is the time where you're just taking a step out of the day-to-day, the step out of the grind and the micro, and you're looking at the macro and saying, all right, what do we see in the future? What are we seeing our competitors? What are we seeing our customers? What do we see struggles? And what can we do about it? And that's actually the time that you're going to get a lot of value out of your board meetings. One thing I want to highlight with your board meetings is you want to bring someone who disagrees with you all the time. And you're going to have to remember that they're going to disagree with you because it's not fun. It's like having your mom there and she's like, clean up your room. I'm like, I don't want to clean up my room. She's like, do it. I'm like, fine. But I have to go into that meeting saying, all right, Andrew's going to present generally almost always a different idea than I think. And I have to be open-minded. So make sure that you have someone that number one, cares about your business. And number two, is going to hold your ass accountable and challenge you to do things that you may not want to do. And that's really where you're going to get a lot of help out of having a board meeting. All right. So those are two things that have really helped grow a business out of the tiny numbers to those large numbers I was talking about in the beginning. So part three is people. The people are the most important part of a company, bar none. There's no way you can grow anything significant or special without amazing people. So I'm going to tell you two things that you need to be doing with it. One on how to hire consistently and something actually even more important than hiring. So to hire consistency, we did this and I love it. I highly encourage you to do it. It's called a hiring scorecard. So it sounds pretty simple, actually, and it is. So we have a Google form, and once we interview someone, everyone who interviews, we have to have at least three people, we fill out the scorecard. And it's a consistent way that we can evaluate people. So the two parts on the scorecard that are really simple is the first part is values. So what matters to you? So some of the questions we ask is like, would we want to hang out with them at a party? Do they like to learn a lot? Do they seem like a leader? Are they curious? And so think of the things that matter at your company, and then you can actually grade this person on that. The last part of the scorecard, which is to me the most important part, is this one question. How would you feel if your competitor hired them? And it's basically don't care, kind of eh, effing pissed. And that to me is a really good indicator of like, holy shit, this is someone we've got to hire them, him or her. 
And so generally, I'm looking for a unanimous answer around we all would be pissed if they would go to one of our competitors. So number one, you can keep evolving your scorecard. You're like, hey, this person passed on this, but it didn't work out. So then keep updating your scorecard. But the important part is that you have a consistent hiring process because you're starting to hire more people from one to 10 to 50 to God knows how many. Like you want to be able to hire great people consistently. All right. The second part of this, which is even more important, is retention. It's much easier to just keep your wife or husband happy than going out back on Tinder or Grindr, whatever the hell you kids do these days, and finding a new one and going on dates, telling the same stories. So just think about retention. And I'm not going to give you some formula like money because the benefits and perks of great companies is just insane these days. So here's what I found that I really like doing. Treat them epically and surprise them. Yes, treat them epically and just surprise them. So here's just two simple examples. And for yourself, if you're working with anyone, it doesn't have to be money. It could literally be a card. It could be taking them out to dinner. It could be introducing someone they want to meet. It could be anything. So two that I've done that were nice is Dave, who helps out with almost everything on the podcast and my personal hobby. Dave, his phone sucked. And so I sent him a brand new phone. And that's something that he's going to use every day and really appreciate. And when every company is paying so much and they all have free massages and they give free dogs, whatever the hell they do, stuff like that is going to say... Noah and Sumo and this business care about me, which we do. A second one that we did is Barr, who is one of the first sales sumos. We sent him bike shorts. So <laughs> he thinks about me on his little tushy as he's riding his bike. And, you know, that's kind of like a stupid thing. But, you know, for 30 bucks, he knows that he's appreciated. So more than money these days, because everyone's paying a lot of money, everyone wants to be recognized and appreciated. So go do something epically that's a surprise for the people that you're working with. And that's how you're going to retain them and have great retention, which is almost even more important than the hiring. So those are the three things that we talked about. Number one, pick proactive metrics for your team. Those are three things that we talked about. If you're looking for more, and I have been struggling trying to find more information out there, there's been two books that I've really enjoyed that I highly recommend. The first one is Mastering the Rockefeller Habits by Vern Harish, Vern Harish, and The Five Dysfunction of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. Why the name so hard? So go check out those books if you're looking for more. All right, so we talked about some books that you can be reading. We talked about three things you can do. Here's what I want to leave you with. Close your eyes. If you're driving, don't close your eyes. I don't want to get in trouble. I want you to think about it's December 31st, end of the year. And right now, whatever month you're in. And I want you to think, where the hell do I want my job to be if I'm working at a company? Or what do I want it to be if I'm running the company, wherever it is? Think about it. Think about that clear, really clear. I want to be here. I want to do these things. And now start thinking how the hell you're going to get there. And the more you get that clarity, the more you start putting into play, the more you're going to get what you want. I love you guys. Check it out. I hope you enjoyed the episode. It's a little bit different. I cut it down to just three things I really thought you could use and do today and love. Send me some feedback if you want or send me that selfie at Noah Kagan on Twitter. Have a Parisian, Grecian olive oil day. What's your favorite vacation spot? <laughs>